Welcome to Mighty House. This is a radio show for people with problems. Home improvement problems, that is. Send an email now to Robbie at MightyHouse.net or call into the show at 877-711-5611. From foundation leaks to roof repairs, the Mighty House team is on the job. You're You're listening listening to Mighty House. All right, I am Rich Calgill, and the Mighty House team is back with our two of the show. Join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Periscope Live right now, brought to you in part by Mr. Floor, Smart265, and Maggie Rad. And wherever you are watching, click the like button and subscribe so you'll be notified when we hit the air. We are broadcasting worldwide and live from 7 to 10 Central Standard Time every Saturday at MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com, and Gab Radio Network. Just look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Podcast previous shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to them all at MightyHouse.net. Video clips of the show are available at MightyHouse.net and on our Mighty House YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show, and our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. Uh, give us a call on the Mr. Floor Helpline. Dot com. 877-5611. There you have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products, all non-toxic, environmentally safe, and you can learn more at Mr. Floor. Dot com. You already did it. All right, also call in, tell Trixie you want to be entered for that Klein Tool of the Month. It's the 8-in-1 Insulated Interchangeable Screwdriver set. That's a it's nice one. Very nice. Thank you, Klein. 8-in-1, I didn't count it all out. Is it? It's not saying 8-piece, because it does have a nice case, too. So that would be a 9-piece. Well, that's one of those flippy-doodle-dobble things. You go end-for-end, end and you flip it that way, and you flip it this way, and you get 8 tools yes. out of 1, right? But everything is insulated except for the very tip. That's right. So you can throw it right in the middle of the the main bus on the panel and you you shouldn't get smoked you shouldn't <laughs> all right robbie Maybe. has her hand up this is radio yeah i can't see that okay but robbie, you guys can see it i can ron told me suck it up buttercup who ron yeah but who's supposed to suck it up me. is that to you oh that's what i wanted to we're know. dealing with you two today <laughs> oh, suck it up buttercup which you're crying mm-hmm. also known as suck it up buttercup yeah <laughs> I'm still very confused. Do we see the comment here from Jean? She sent us back here on Facebook Live. She answered our question about the toilet paper. She said, because she's worried about the sewer line backing up, which is why she's not using the toilet paper. But I think she's got the two lines confused. Uh-huh. I think she, she's got a story. She's thinking they're, they're, they're the same thing and they're not. Well, so, Chicago it is. Well, <laughs> you have combined that's sewers. a different issue now, Rich. <laughs> Hang on. Don't confuse the listeners. But but yeah, some people don't understand. There's a difference between between your storm, you know, the stormwater drain. What's the difference? Where are you seeing that? What's it? Uh, I don't know. On my uh, Mighty House Improvement Shows post comments. Gene. On the live Facebook. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't know what it. I'm looking at. I'm not a technology guy. I mean, you know, listen. You know, I, all I do is hit my hands with my hammer all week. We also have week. Brian. Where? And then we've got. You have Brian. It, we got Brian. Is it, do we have him yet? Uh oh! Now we have dead air. air. Nah, there's no dead air. I'm showing Robbie what these comments are. I don't know what that means. Well, that's fine. Doesn't she have the same ones on her computer? He's looking oh, Brian, at something are you with else. us? All right, so we're going to Brian Porter from Mitsubishi. Brian, hello. Hey, good morning, uh, Brian. Well, Brian. Can you hear me? We can. Yes. All right. Yeah, it's been a kind of a rough morning. Some technological challenges. Technological. 
technological challenges. That's right. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of challenges. So, Brian, Brian Porter, you are with Mitsubishi. Um, and Colin, we're going to discuss yes. some mini splits. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm looking for, looking forward to uh, talking mini splits. I get to do it uh, generally five days a week, but I always enjoy getting a little bit of time uh, on an extra day. So, thank you. Uh, no. So, Brian, tell Thanks us what a, tell, tell us what a, a mini split is. How about starting with that? So, uh, a, a mini split is very similar to a, a traditional air conditioner that people might have in their home. Uh, where you have an outdoor unit and it's in, uh, connected with uh, copper tubing and uh, electrical wire to an indoor unit. Um, that type of system we call our one-to-one. The biggest difference between um, a uh, air conditioner like you have at home versus a mini split is we're usually in our what we call one-to-one system. That's one outdoor to one indoor, taking care of a room or space, um, all sorts of applications. So really got their start uh, in the U.S. about 30 years ago, um, bringing that technology over from, from Japan. And uh, um, Japan has been using this, this technology for, for a number of years. But the, uh, the other advantage to us is we are a heat pump. So basically what we do in air conditioning in the, in the wintertime, we reverse the cycle and we're able to heat as well as cool. It's all electrical, so there, we, we don't do any natural gas, any propane gas, nothing like that connected to our system. Sure. So it's all reverse which, cycle. Mm-hmm. Yes, which means you're pretty good in Berkeley, yeah. California. Um, so, Brian, can I ask you a quick question? So, and, and, uh, go ahead. Sure. So I'm I say, and most of the rest of the U.S. too. We have we have applications all over. Berkeley's oh, yeah. a good place to start, but yeah. Oh, I just give Berkeley garbage because you know they ban gas-fired appliances. You can't have natural gas-burning appliances. Is that but, true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So everything's well, electric. In that we actually just yeah. So we, we talked about that a lot and, and we are talking about that. That's actually a, a move we're seeing that uh, from utilities across the country that are. Well, that's also because they're all monopolized. And the truth being is that all of their electricity in, in Berkeley is generated by burning gas to run their turbines. So it's really stupid. Sorry. It's just control of the law by the monopoly. Well, Brian, can I ask you a question? You know, with the with the mini splits and using reverse cycle heat, um, I know there's limitations when you get into cool, you know, particularly cold climates, you know, like we have up here in Chicago or let's say Minnesota or something like that. And and I know some of these units have right. something called like hyperheat, right? So that they can contend with these. Yeah, cold exactly. Temp- so we don't see, maybe we should explain. So we have a, a conventional air handler furnace that can, that can cope, you know, with, with super cold temperatures up here because right, of combustion. More fuel. Sure. Because the combustion happens indoors. So with these units, explain right. to us how, what they're doing to, to make these units more viable for, for colder climates. Yeah, well, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, and heat pumps have been around for what we call, um, we call unitary, which is again, your traditional, uh, furnace, air conditioner, and uh, actually back in the 80s and even into the early 90s, uh, several of the utilities were encouraging through rebates and things like that uh, what we would call dual fuel. So you would have a heat pump that would run during the milder uh, times of the year when you still need heating, and then as it got colder, because the uh, heat pumps would lose capacity, they would switch over to natural gas. So it was kind of so you're always burning the the, the best fuel. Um, for the for the temperature, what Mitsubishi has done is uh, came up with the technology, and, and that temperature is usually you start losing capacity 
around 47 degrees, and by the time you get into the so by our, 30, so by our standards, that's not very cold, right? 47. No, that's not. that's a heat and, wave and up here. We, we didn't have a lot of <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's actually why we didn't have a, a lot of early success in uh, across the U.S. and you know anything in uh, climate zones five, uh, six, and seven. You know, it just uh, sure. we we just didn't get. To, that performance, but so so a lot of people were using it for you know just uh, maybe a, a bonus room that they've added on or converted a bonus room above a garage sure. or something like that. So it was really just kind of a hot cold spot. But as a technology, the first time I used a Mitsubishi, the first time I used a Mitsubishi mini split was just that. It was a room addition that we could not get the existing furnace and ductwork to, and it was my first experience with them, and it worked great. Um, but we ended up putting yeah. in uh, baseboard electric heaters just for residual and it was maybe twice a year you know what i mean so it was still a success and what people don't realize too these things typically run on a 20 amp circuit they are so they use so much less power than a standard furnace or ac unit they are much more energy efficient very efficient yeah very efficient which is why that's the biggest thing because yeah, uh, go, going back to the utilities, they like it because we're we're using less energy in the home versus you know if you're putting a furnace in there, they're using a lot. But uh, um, you know, the, just way more efficient than than what you'll see, um, like you said, from the electrical draw standpoint. But the uh, uh, getting back to the hyperheat. So what we had introduced probably about uh, oh geez, I'd say ten, twelve years ago uh, was a hyperheat system, and now we're we're selling a lot of hyperheat systems and a hyperheat gives you 100% of the heating capacity out of that unit down to five degrees and okay, you rate go. down to minus 13 now, uh, degrees. And, and, that's and that's been a huge improvement. Well, that's the difference. That's the, that is, that is a simple, right. simple cut and dry difference between being able to use these mini split type units here in the Midwest and North, like you said, five, six, seven zones right. um, versus you just simply, it's right. not even an option. Right. I mean, right. you know, for, for right. full heating. So let me ask you this. So when you get down right. to minus 13, now do you have zero capacity? Is that the end of the ability to heat? That's its limit? No, it actually, so, so it was interesting. Okay. Hey, Brian, well, oh, Brian, Brian we got to yes. take a break here. This is a short break. Please stay on the line. Okay. Uh, and when we get back, we'll, we'll pick up the conversation because I want to talk about the head units as well. So if people listen, give us a call at 877-711-5611. Have a chance to win Mr. Floor Cleaning Products. And you are listening to this Mighty is House. Mighty House. Mighty House will return. See, I work construction. I build things. I don't know if you all realize the pressure a man like me has got on it. This is Mighty House. All right, we are back. So we, if you want, follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement. Uh, Twitter handle is at Mighty House. Uh, if you want to get the newsletter, go to MightyHouse.net, click on the Contact Us page, just put in your first, last name, your email address, and then click on Boom Done. And had you done that, you'd know we'd have Brian Porter from Mitsubishi on there. We'd also have a link to Mitsubishi's website for more information. Uh, so it's always good. If you have some questions, give us a call, 877-711-5611. Chance to win Mr. Floor Cleaning Products, non-toxic, environmentally safe, and you can learn more at mrfloor.com. Okay. So Brian Porter from Mitsubishi, uh, we're talking about mini splits. And just before the break, uh, Ian had brought up, what did you call it, hyperheat? Yeah, hyperheat. Hyperheat. I think so that's Brian Mitsubishi's term for about- 
Okay. So Brian was explaining what hyperheat is. Brian. If we still have him. Brian. Is Brian. Oh. Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Oh, now we got Hello? you. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, hyperheat units have, uh, as I was saying, the, the ability to give 100% rated heating capacity at 5 degrees, which is a huge improvement over the traditional unitary systems. And we rate down to uh, minus 13. So the question always comes up, well, what happens at minus 13? Well, we're about, depending on the model, we're going to be 75 to um, about 90%. So on average, maybe 80% of the uh, rated heating capacity. But it doesn't necessarily shut off uh, at minus 13. It, it, it's checking the compressor, making sure everything's okay, and it will keep running. But we just rate it. Uh, uh, Mitsubishi is a very conservative company, so if they tell you something's going to do uh, a piece of the equipment that they sell is going to perform at uh, a certain temperature, you can guarantee it's going to perform at that, that temperature. And people say, well, what about the polar vortex? Because we do have houses around the uh, the Midwest and and especially the Chicago market, that that is their sole source of, of heating. So they don't have any mm-hmm. kind of backup in them at all. And during the polar vortex last year, when we were hitting, what, minus 18, minus 20, minus 22, whatever it was, yep. uh, that equipment was running, and it was keeping um, homes comfortable. It now, was. Little, there's a little bit of a caveat there. And that caveat is the, the home has to be built tightly. So if you got a old, yeah. drafty, 100-year-old home, it's not going to be able to keep up. But right. homes built with today's new construction standards, they can perform, and especially in performance home where we're talking hers rated or really tight, tightly right. constructed homes. No, I totally agree. It's uh, come a long way. So I think the other factor that's, so that was the first, I think, holdback for the acceptance of mini split systems. Um, the second one that we've had issue with are the cassettes or the head units. I just call it head unit. That's what my, the slang down here is. But I believe Mitsubishi calls them the cassettes. It's the part you hang on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we refer to them as indoor units or whatever, but or air handlers. And uh, we have several styles uh, nowadays. I mean, it used to be that we were all what we would call ductless, so a mini split ductless unit. They're not connected mm-hmm. to ductwork, and and uh, the least expensive of those units are the ones that hang on the wall. That's easiest to install, and it takes care of basically, as I said earlier, a single room. But mm-hmm. as we've uh, come into the U.S. and been into the U.S., we found out the aesthetics were, were a big deal. So we started to develop uh, different types of units. We now have a low floor mount, which looks you know, as uh, unobtrusive as a uh, uh, radiator, a for example. Radiator. We do a lot of boiler homes. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, a little bit bigger than what you'd see for baseboard or radiator, but I'm talking like a traditional steam radiator. They're, they're actually gotcha. smaller than okay. that and, and mounted. Uh, low on the floor, you know, about six inches above the floor. So, and they're great for like uh, attics. If you're doing a attic conversion into a living yep. space uh, where you got a knee wall, they can go into that. Um, we also have what we call ceiling cassette. So a ceiling cassette can be a four way. Um, it's about two by two in size. It's it really it it can be used residentially, but you're gonna have to figure out what to do with your trusses and, and your you know attic space. Right. Uh, you have to frame it out, uh, and that becomes kind of difficult. But uh, just in early 2018, we we uh, introduced what we call a one-way ceiling cassette, and that actually will fit between 16-inch on center joist space. So you now know? you can get something that would kind of go against an outside wall and blow into the room. Yes, and I've seen that unit. Ceiling, That's a great... with the ceiling. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that particular we, unit. We That's that super one. slick. Yes, you, 
Well, because you, like you said, it fits yeah. into a joy space. It's compact. Um, now that that's a, I mean, like I said, Mitsubishi is really innovating. They really want to be a part of this market, and 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 they're doing a great job. And when you're doing remodeling like what we do, and you just simply can't get from you know point A to point B with ductwork. This is really the only solution, particularly, like I said, attic build-outs, maybe small additions mm-hmm. could be some. And it's just, really, it's just the most uh, cost-effective and well, most and efficient route. We've just installed them, too. I'm actually building some equestrian estates, so I've got, you know, 20 stall stables, and these are super high-end. Well, you have a feed room, you have a viewing area. So I have these rooms, but they're all spread out with these stalls in between them. And we're using a four to one or one to four, however you want to call it. So I've got my unit sitting out there and I can run my line sets to each of those places and hang the unit. And we're using ceiling mounts, all kinds of stuff. And it's, they're awesome. It's so, it gives you so much flexibility. Yeah. And the other question I had for you, Brian, yeah, so yeah, and when, when it gets down to 13 below or something like that, does the efficiency start to really tank on these units? Does the power consumption go way, way up as it gets cold? Yeah, well, yeah, because what it does is it, it really speeds the compressor up, so it is going to draw more more energy. But, you know, the thing, and people do worry about it, but if you really kind of investigate, how often do we get down to, to those temperatures? And I know we did last year, but if you look back over the history of what the temperatures are throughout Chicago, you'll find we spend uh, the bulk of our heating hours in that uh, really above, like, 5 degrees, so... Um, and, that, and that's why a lot of people use our systems. And, and as one of you mentioned earlier, you, you used it in a, uh, a room and you had to do backup heat of some sort. And, and uh, But that backup heat doesn't come on very often. And there's actually been winters around here that they've been mild enough where any source of backup heat never comes on. Yeah, that's what so, we've done to be conservative um, but, is with those units, you know, when the hyperheat came out. Because we really weren't sure if they were going to perform like predicted, and of course, burst pipes is a huge, right. huge deal. So we just use supplemental some some oh, yeah. electric baseboard heat. We had the circuits up there anyway, and you're right, never right. haven't used it, haven't hasn't gone on. <laughs> no, but I'd rather be looking yeah. at it than looking for it. Uh yes, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking with yeah. Brian Porter yeah. from Mitsubishi. We're talking mini splits. So. Um, so what do you see in the, like, what is Mitsubishi working on for the future, so to speak? Is it more developing in the uh, in the cassettes, the head units, more, you know, like you were saying, to make them blend in better, the aesthetics? Yeah, the, the what we're really doing, uh, more of that, like I so said, we have, now we have ducted units, small ducted units that will, uh, uh, all our smallest ones really designed to pick up like master bedrooms, large master bedrooms, so you're cleaning, or you're taking care of the bedroom space. Also, any you know bathroom and, and maybe if you got big walk-in closets, so that's that's become very popular. And then we're actually because of the southern market, we we've had to come up with larger ducted units because we're getting in performance home construction down there where our units are doing um, whole homes because of the efficiency. Um, and then we're doing regular air handlers like like you would see uh, with a furnace, except it's all electric. So that that's that's. Uh, uh, big direction we're going extending the hyperheat envelope uh to uh, larger sizes we need feel like we need to get up to a five ton capacity right now we stop at four in the hyperheat and then uh, actually having to go smaller with this performance home construction our multi-zones the smallest multi-zone you can do is, is a two zone uh but it's you know in a really small capacity but kind of the sweet spot where we're seeing a lot of this performance home construction from a BTU capacity. We need less BTUs, 
but more zones with smaller BTU capacities for, the, for those zones. So, Are you catching so that, all this, Robbie? Maybe sounds a little bit yes. confusing. Well, it's funny no, because... No, it's fine for me, but there's a quiz for Robbie later. <laughs> no, I'm not catching all, but um, somebody from the factory automation side of your company is listening and texting me of Mitsubishi. Oh. Yeah, so I'm like, oh. do you know him? Uh-huh. And so that's what I'm doing back and forth. Yeah. So I, I, it's above my head. It's way over my head. You're not picking up what we're laying down. I'm not picking it up, but I'm trying to, you know. We use like a lot of the houses we build down here in Florida. We use mini splits for the garages constantly because you mm-hmm. can't use a ducted system. Yeah. We can't tie it into just the house. For, is this just for cooling, Rich, or both? Yeah, yeah. There's very little room for heating here but i want an air conditioned difficult because i tell people when they try to air condition their garage they want their cars at like 70 degrees 75 whatever (laughs) like you can't do that the dew point's 78 oh you know on a given day so you open your garage you'll do more damage to your stuff because you'll get condensation instantly on everything (laughs) so i go you're better off you know we're actually leaving it at 80 because on a good day my garage would be 105 so that's why you like, but like Brian says, if your house is insulated properly, not which mine currently is not, but you know, our new homes, yes, it's definitely, you know, I always laugh, heat them with a match and cool them with an ice cube. And that's what a Mitsubishi mini split does. As a summary, as a summary, <laughs> as a summary. Yes. <laughs> no. That's, so, uh, well, thanks, Brian. We appreciate, you know, your insight into that. And like I said, the, the, you know, Mitsubishi to me has really been the biggest innovator in these things. And it's, and it's changing the game and the way we think about uh, heating and, and cooling our homes, particularly when it comes to the remodeling industry. That is, absolutely that is huge for us as remodelers. Um, you know, so yeah. as Mitsubishi continues to innovate on that, uh, just better and better products for us and our customers. No question. Well, and for my side of it, doing nothing but new construction now, it it amazes me that the problem is is that the architects aren't really gravitating towards designing. For Not it. yet. You know, so by the time the plans hit my desk, it's like, well, I'd like to use this, but not going to redraw the whole thing. And it's it's a shame that you can't get some of these people to sit down and just think about what they're doing. I mean, there are some that do it. I mean, that's why we have green certifications and we have, you know, all the different things that we can do these days. So I try to stay ahead of it all, you know, to, to make everybody's life easier. Um, but yeah, it's the Mitsubishi is definitely a good fit now. Again, Brian, thanks for performance construction. Uh, yeah. As I say, we actually have a performance construction team across the U S and, and they call on architects and builders to try to, you know, help oh, do that they? transition, but it's a big country and yeah, oh yeah, lots of architects out there and we have success with it though. That's for sure. I'll have to reach out to them cause I'm building some pretty crazy big ones and I'd really like to, uh, go a different route than just three or four air handlers in a house. Yeah. With right. Three try or four it. Compressors. See, yeah. Try Rich? it and see what they can spec out right. for you. We have about 45 I, seconds, Rich. I know that. Oh, I heard him say He's one. He's paying Thank attention. You. All right, Brian, thanks again. Game. Appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a break Thank here. You. and then So thanks for calling in. So for the listeners, if you want, give us a call, 877-711-5611. You could uh, call in on Mr. Floor Cleaning Products. They are non-toxic, by what I said. Learn more at mrfloor.com. All right, when we come back, we'll be taking calls. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return.
right. I'm just going to sit back and listen to this one. Yep. That's a snappy All right, welcome ditty. back to Mighty House. <laughs> Join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Periscope Live right now. Brought to you in part, in part by, in part, in part by Mr. In Floor Smart. In part by. I said in part. Can oh, we say in fart? By Mr. We can't say fart. Mr. Yes, you can. Mr. Floor Smart 265, Maggie Rad, and wherever you are watching, click the like button and subscribe so you'll be notified when we hit the air. <laughs> hit the air. Get fart. it? Get it? <laughs> Get it. Follow us on the Facebook, Instagram, and by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Our Twitter handle is at Mighty House, hashtag Mighty House. Gifts call Mr. Floor Helpline 877-711-5611. Again, 877-711-5611. You'll have a chance to win Mr. Floor Cleaning Products, all non-toxic, environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. Yes. All right. Ian Snook is in today for Ron because Ron decided to go on a motorcycle ride. Without me. Without you, yes. That's the most did important he take part. His motorcycle? I, don't you? Yes. He I rode he straight through. His wife. He's an animal. He rode straight through. He left at like, I don't know, six o'clock or something in the morning, six thirty, and he left in the pouring rain because he likes the rain for some reason. He brings it every time we go. And rode. Right. And I called him at like seven o'clock in the evening. He's like, Yep, still going. I'm like, You're nuts. <laughs> I know he gets on that thing and he's got that cool helmet with the with the Bluetooth and all that. Yep. I got the same so like thing. he's flying down a road. Like when we do the radio show, he'll call me. Yep, can't while can't he's on tell. the bike, and you can't even tell that he's on the bike. I know, I got yeah. the same thing. He tells me all the time. He's like, "I'm, I'm like, be safe," and he's like, "I'm on the bike." I'm like, "What?" Makes me mad. Well, and it's really funny. He puts it in the, you know, he's got the cup phone for the motorcycle, and you know, so you can actually see him then. You yeah, know, half the time he's flying down the road, you know, on his, and it's like it's crazy. But anyway, so yes, he does like his bike. That's all good. So Jean had called toys. earlier, and she mm-hmm. said she wasn't using. She wasn't flushing toilet paper. And so somebody had commented, and she t- texted us and said, I do use toilet paper. I just don't flush it down the toilet. I don't want the sewer pipe to become clogged and storage would be back up again. I deposit the paper in a garbage bag for now until I can get the sewer line hooked up. And I said, I think that they were saying it wasn't the sewer line you're having problems with. It was the... Well, stormwater. There's two, storm there's two sewer lines, right? We just got to differentiate. Right. Between- so she can use toilet paper. Sounds to me like we're dealing yes. with storm water, not effluent. You know, right. not the well, sanitary I, Obviously, sewer. this is when when I had an internet issue and and didn't hear any of this. But what was her problem? Was it backing up? Yes, but or... that that's what she was explaining. That's why I'm saying she's she's not saying her toilets are backing up, or her sinks, or her tub. She's saying I have water in my basement. I said, well, that's unrelated to that system. She has a storm yes. water issue. See, but she's confusing the two, going, oh, I'm thinking the backup. I said, no, believe me, your basement would smell a lot worse than than just some water down well, the, there. If it was- you know, and that's the funny thing, then, is it's like even if you put toilet paper in the toilet, it would not come up in your basement. However, you're in will. So I would just go outside. Well, and the thing, too, now back to this, with their older house, some of these did have floor drains, right? And there are those older homes, some of them, they are tied together, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so yes. so we just don't know. I mean, that's why she, you know, it's she's not. You need to get a yeah. A she's not knowledgeable out there that knows what he's doing. And exactly. If you have separate storm and sanitary, that's correct. If it is a combined sewer, exactly. It, you know, most of Chicago is a combined system. A so lot of it was rains. That's why you, you will get backups into the basement. So most everybody's dug up their front yard and put a check valve in. 
Correct. Or a so, basin, you know, or you can, yep. or you can, you know, use a, a basin. I mean, like Lake Forest requires that if you do any work. You got a question, Robbie? No, I was waving no. because um, oh. Lake, Lake somebody Forest said that they're waving Port. to us. I don't understand how they could be waving to us, but I thought that it's I would metaphorically wave waving, I think, right? Yes. Or yes. something like that. Well put, sir. So uh, <sighs> anyway, she Lake just Forest requires you to put a basin in? If you do any work, yes. If you do any remodeling whatsoever, because the houses weren't built that way, they've had so much problem with stormwater flooding. And because so many systems are tied together, they're seeing this backup, right, and, and coming into basements. So now any work you do, yes, you need to put in a basin to isolate that. But when backup. you're saying a basin, you're putting that in your front yard? No, no. Well, it, 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 either or. Either either way, it's you still can't sealed. put it in the basement. Sure, you can. Why not? I can't use. I can't your use plumbing from the first. Your plumbing, your drains from the first floor cannot go to the to the basement. Why not? It's against plumbing code. The point being is that if you don't go in your basement and you keep using the toilets on the first and second floor, you could fill your basement with sewage, not even knowing it. No, no, it's a like a like a lift station, right? So you got a. a, a, a no, I might draw. So once here. again, that's where you would put in a. A ejector pit in your basement for the floor drains and the like in the basement, but then you from there you would move your sewer up. That's the overhead sewer; it's four feet off the floor. First and second floor go into that only. But you, what you're saying is they're trying to give you a way out. Well, the basin to the 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 sewer the sewer drain is not always four feet up. For example, the last one we did, the sewer drain went under the footing of a full basement. Gotcha. Okay, so so in this particular scenario, <clears throat> they wanted to use an ejector, and, and a, you know, I don't remember what the basin, you know, dimensions were. It had to have a certain capacity. Sure. But the idea was that exactly that. So now you've got the the main sewer line is disconnected, so you're to have a backup. The basin's your protection, basically, right between the pump. But no, with mm -hmm. that main that main four inch line that left out underneath the footing, about ten feet in from there, we cut it, and everything tied into that basin. The rest of the plumbing came into it, and then and then out. Right, so that isolated yeah, just, that isolated us from this from the sewer system. I got gotcha. you. Now it was on the inside of the house, but understand that it's obviously got a check valve. The you know the pit is sealed yeah. with a, with you know bolted up and all that fun stuff. Well, it's kind of funny. Like so down here when we have hurricanes coming, like you know, year two years ago when Irma was coming, we uh, one of the things you do aside from putting up your storm shutters and all that is you take the cap off your clean out in your front yard. And that just to let it overflow, just in case. Or? That's yes. If your sewers back up with seawater and the whole nine yards, instead of it pushing into the house, it'll go. It'll, in, it'll equalize out the out the clean out the, out the clean out, or supposedly so just, help a little bit. Yep. Huh. Interesting. So, well, add that. To yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like Florida. stupid little things, right? That you just wouldn't think about sometimes. Yeah. But, well, Florida's got its own unique. Uh, you know, it's just like uh, all the storm surge protection and. And all that stuff, yeah. you know, you're looking out, you know, where you're at at Marco Island. Do you have to be elevated there? Do you have to build your... Yeah, nine feet above sea level. Nine feet. Okay. My first floor line has to be, uh, it's base flood plus one. So base flood here is seven, is eight feet. So your floor line has to be at least one foot over. And that's the 100-year flood thing. Gotcha. Now, it is funny because when they, you know, when Irma was coming, they're like, okay, there's going to be a 12-foot storm surge. <laughs> Well, that could be a problem. Well, you made me build a nine, so that means I only have three feet of water in the house. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, but the other side of it, no, it's, it, the thing is, and this is why I hated like the weather channel, you know, when what's his name goes comes to your house or to your neighborhood, you know you're in deep trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Jim Cantori, yeah. That's Jim Cantori name. shows up at, at your in your town. You're then going, I'm leaving. You're leaving. Right. Jim Cantori but, uh, shows up, I'm in a car headed for safer ground. Yeah. 
so they kept saying 12 foot storm surge, but I they nobody would clarify that if they were including the seven feet of water that went away. Like our canals went dry. The Marco River was damn near. You could almost walk. You could walk across. It was like four inches. The river deep. was damn. Uh, damn. No, it just it was. So near when the storm is coming, it pulls the water away. I know, but damn. So I the twelve it. foot. It didn't include the seven that left. So we ended up with a four foot yes. storm surge in a category four storm. So silly stuff. Well, the, you, know, you I mean obviously you have to start with whatever elevation your land is at, right? So sea level. So, I mean, if you're two feet above sea level, then you only have to go up seven. Am I getting that correct? I'm not sure how they calculate that sometimes. That's my point is that they, they get everybody whipped into a panic because, I mean, there's one guy on the TV just standing there with a standing there with a line 12 feet over his head. Oh, it's going to be this deep. Like, no, the only thing that was that deep was See, that that's stuff why I like the shovel mid- it. That's why I like the Midwest. You get your occasional tornado, a few ice storms, some snow. An but your odds of being, there. of being whacked by a tornado are pretty slim. Mm-hmm. You know, so like my wife, she really wants something. She I want to be by the beach. I want to be. I said, honey, let me tell you something. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you're going to yes. get hit by a hurricane. I said, here in the Midwest, right. you can live your whole life. You could have, live five lifetimes and never be struck by a tornado. Right. right, but you are never going to live on a coast and not be hit with a hurricane. It's it's a it's inevitability, and there's yeah. a lot of stuff I but have. We build that, for it. Well, you know, here's the thing, though. You know, it's, you got a certain amount of nice stuff or whatever. What do you do with that stuff if the storm surge does go high? If it, you know, what I'm saying, I mean, I just feel like it's a matter of inevitability that whatever you own is ultimately at some point going to be destroyed. <laughs> nah. No, but actually, what we do though, but energy efficiency. Um, Non-flammable construction. Our houses won't burn like they do in California because it's all unvented roof structure and non-flammable building materials. Um, impact glass, you know, high-efficiency stuff. Yeah, but how but does that help when your 57 Chevy is nine feet under the water? Mine was in the garage and survived the Irma just fine because it was a brand new house that we built. I put it in one of my new houses. Yeah, but but the car's on the ground level, isn't it? No. Garage is still above base flood, so it's fine. You so the car is nine feet in the air. No, oh, the floor line is nine feet up. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was figured you parked. You on have the a hill going you... up your driveway. No, that's just it. You know, it's sad. Like what happened in Mexico Beach, where the whole town got wiped away, um, except for the one house that the doctors built. Um, it's because those homes were built in the fifties. They were built to be just vacation homes. They weren't supposed to be primary residences. Oh, so it was okay if they just kind of you know blew away in the next hurricane. You just replaced it. <laughs> well, that was kind of the deal, but now that people, you know, property values have skyrocketed, whatever, yeah, and a lot of these people can't afford to rebuild to the new code, hmm. but they're going to have to, because you can't build the way we used to build and expect to survive it. And regarding tornadoes, hurricane at least only goes to 160, 170 sustained wind. Tornado, 15 second notice, and it's 300 mile an hour wind. Well, 300, that's, that's pretty strong when they don't usually get up that, it happens. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's, we're going to take another quick break. If you want, give us a call on the Mr. Floor Helpline. Join in on the conversation about whatever we're talking about. Whatever no we're talking about. Chance to win Mr. Floor cleaning products and non-toxifying yourself. Learn more at MrFloor.com. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. In a world where every day jobs go without a mother, 
One woman will change it all. And you do the windmill thing with your arm. Robbie Earhart is... Office wife, office husband. That works. Job mom. Job mom. Follow Robbie Earhart on Twitter. Hashtag job mom. Alrighty then. And we're back. Podcasts of previous shows, Mighty House that is, are available at MightyHouse.net on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links for them all at MightyHouse.net. If you're interested in getting a really cool kick-butt screwdriver set, the Klein Tool of the Month is the 8-in-1 Insulated Interchangeable Screwdriver Set, which is fully insulated except for the very tip of them. Anyway, just call in at 877-711-5611 and tell Trixie you'd like to be entered into that, and we'll put you in the Mr. Floor cleaning product bag, which we'll draw after the last show of the month. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, go to MightyHouse.net, click on the Contact Us page, just put in your first, last name, your email address, and click on Boom, Done. All right. It's not a gang sign. I asked many people, it's not a gang sign. Okay. Depends where you're at. I saw Michael Strahan do it on TV. Vamanos! When when do I start this again? Long time ago. (laughs) No, right here. Do you have a disarrangement disorder? Can't seem to get that jumbled hodgepodge pile of chaos in one place? Maybe it's time for a little disposal, a little cleanup, a little eradication, evacuation, liquidation, and purgification. Here's Robbie with a tip on how to put some neatness in your disorder. This is Clutter Clarity on Mighty House. Lord, help me get away. Ian really left, huh? Smoke was more important. Yes. You can save me now from this misery. We're going to have like a five-minute break coming right up. I've been lost in my own place. He couldn't wait five minutes? Really? How far is heaven? Suck it up, Buttercup. That's what I say. Don't that I need to change my ways of living. How far is heaven? Lord, can you tell me? Lord, can you tell me? Really? There's three of us on the show. One of us is talking. One of us leaves. It's all right. And remember, you can watch us on YouTube and catch up on the older Clutter Clary segments if you miss them. If you watch on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and click the bell to be notified when we post a new video. Click the bell? Yeah. Wow. So I was giving a little lead-in earlier this morning yes. to my Clutter Clarity segment, and I said it was going to be a recipe. And Ian, Ian said, oh, my gosh, what do recipes have to do with Clutter Clarity? And then he promptly left. But he has returned. Little late. Sir, your timing is impeccable. I no. know it is. I would never miss Clutter Clarity for anything. It's my favorite segment. You missed the it's song. It's the favorite segment. Well, that was, that was by design, because you always ask me to sing it. You can't wait five minutes? It's too high of a, of a Any, register. Anywho, so the reason that recipes have to do with Clutter Clarity is sometimes you want to do some home cooking. I but do. You- Sometimes you want to do some home cooking and you're like, oh, but I don't want to deal with all the mess and all the stuff. No, I don't. Right. I came across a recipe that I made last week. It was delicious and it was the easiest recipe 
It was as easy as the two cans. So do you have a recipe that uses no utensils, no pots and pans, no nothing? Pretty. That's my kind. That is my kind of recipe. The worst thing I had to do was chop onions. Uh, Okay. So with my toucan chili recipe, which Rich has posted in the past, you have to fry the meat. Is that the right word? Brown, brown, brown the the ground beef. Brown. That takes too much time. This recipe, easiest recipe ever. Toucan chili, one can of Hormel, one can of whatever the other brand is. You put them together, toucan chili. Next time we will talk about the toucan chili because it was awesome. But this is crock pot chicken enchilada soup. Crock-pot chicken enchilada. That's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> it is the easiest thing, and I'm just going to tell you what it is. The uh, hardest thing is chopping up the onion. That's the hardest part? That's the hardest part. Gosh, this is easy. Part. And actually, <clears throat> you all know, you I'm have- I'm pretty sure you could go online and still get a Vegematic. The chopper? The yeah. Cho- oh, yeah. Remember those? Those, those are awesome. Remember those? Yeah. Pampered Chef has those. Yeah. They're, they fall apart in the dishwasher. They're not called the, the Vegematic, <laughs> but too. anyway. Oh, so. All you do is you now get you your crock me. pot. Get your crock pot out, right? Okay, I put, got a crock pot. Put chopped onion in there. Yeah. Chili powder. That's yeah. the hard part. That was the hard part. That, okay. Honestly. I'm listening. Uh, you it got called me. for cumin, but I didn't have cumin. 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 So I didn't put cumin in. Cumin. It called for you... garlic powder because I don't have cumin. Wow. Is it cumin make... or cumin? Well, that's because you use cans to make I chili. I think it's cumin. So... You know what? Yes, I use canned tomato sauce. That is correct. When I make chili, I do use canned tomato sauce yeah. because I don't make my own tomato sauce. I yeah. use canned tomato paste because okay. I don't make... Rich is just giving me a hard time for using... I'm actually looking at a Vegematic on eBay. It's a 1969 version. It's $26 plus $13 in shit. Just shows they don't make them like they used to. Okay. Right? <laughs> this is what the box When you no use less. chili, do you make your own roasted tomatoes? Rich, or do yeah. you sometimes use a can no, he of something? Pl- no, he plants no, them. I he, have, he um, rears the them. peppers, dehydrated peppers that I use that I have to reconstitute, and then I, I grind those. Then I brown my meat. No, actually, answer your question. Yes, everything from scratch. I'm sorry, Robbie. You make that's tomato messy, paste Rich. from scratch. Too messy. Yeah. Too messy. Too many utensils. Yeah, that's you buy the, the tomatoes, and then you cook them down to make the paste, and Oh my God! I don't lost me now. You don't. You put any anyway. So the point of clutter clarity. First, he goes to the foundry and makes the pot and pan. Really? Then the point of clutter (laughs) clarity cooking is to make it easy with no mess. Okay. So then you take red enchilada. This is you're putting this in your crock pot, right? Okay. So we have the onion, chili powder, garlic powder. I didn't have garlic powder, but I had like minced garlic. Use that. Uh, I think it's a different thing, but okay. I know, but I'm just saying I didn't have. So I. Substituted. Yes. Yeah. Red enchilada sauce, fire roasted diced tomatoes. I use Rotel. Have you ever had Rotel tomatoes? Negative. I like Rotel. Oh, but they're is in a there is there a difference? I know, but you mix that with um the um not to be confused with Rotel. The, the cheese whiz, not cheese whiz. The block of cheese. Brick of ah. cheese. I know Velveeta. I know what you're Velveeta. saying. Velveeta. Oh, yeah, you take Rotel and mix it with That's Velveeta not and cheese. you stir it, microwave it, and shake it. Velveeta is not cheese. No, it's you processed put cheese tomatoes food. in my chili. Velveeta is about as far Velveeta. from cheese. Velveeta has in common is is what cheese is to like like you know vulcanized rubber. <laughs> I know. But it mixes with Rotel. So very well. Rotel is diced tomatoes and that they're spicy. Okay, black beans corn, and two pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breast. All you do is put all that in a well, crock Well, I'm not going to be staying at Gene's house, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Two minutes? Okay. All you do is put all that in a crock pot, cook it on high for three hours, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Really? That sounds hot. Chicken broth. I forgot the chicken broth. So it's spices, enchilada sauce, tomatoes, beans, corn, chicken breasts, chicken broth. I thought you said this was simple. You put it all- Other than chopping the onion. Other than chopping the onion, all you do is put it all in a crock pot. You know what? It's much simpler if you guys it's would pay freaking attention. It's got a lot of ingredients, It Robbie. doesn't. It doesn't? It doesn't. Count them. <laughs> do you count chili powder as an ingredient? Yes. Anywho, you put all that in the crock pot, set it a high for three hours. Then you take the chicken breast out. You just kind of shred it up a little bit because you want it. I thought this was beef chili. Now it's chicken chili? It's no, the it was... chicken enchilada. Oh. It's the chicken enchilada. <laughs> I'm so confused. This is the crock pot chicken enchilada. Now I have 60 seconds. So then you shred it all up. You put in some cheddar cheese, mm-hmm. and then you just heat it up. So not Velveeta, cheddar. Okay. Cheddar cheese, which you would shred yourself because pre-shredded cheddar cheese has stuff in there to make it not stick not together. Not up, yeah. Yeah, you don't want that. So You don't. But you know what? Because it's clutter clarity, you want to make it easy. Okay, so here's the best part of it. After you eat it the first day, the second day you drain it a little bit, you put it in tortillas, put it in the oven with some sauce and cheese on it, and you have chicken enchiladas the next day. One recipe, two meals. The worst thing you have to do is chop onions. Bada boom! This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. 